All right. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to the It's Always Something podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Um, we'll also send a special thank you to everyone who heard our last podcast. It was very important to our group. And once again, thank you for listening. Uh, we want to continue that conversation about Palestine and just give more history, some more context on the situation, and once again, things to do to help. So I'm going to pass the mic off to Donia and Iman to get us started. Hi. So we talked a lot about the history, but we talked about the history of oppression that Israel gave to Palestinians and how it started and how the state of Israel was created in the first place. But I want to talk about how the history of Palestinian resistance has started. Um, For us Palestinians, there's something called the Intifada. There was two Intifadas. um, And Intifada is when us Palestinians revolted against the state of Israel. And it's kind of reason why there's a big wall and everything and why they see a lot of Palestinians as terrorists while Palestinians are just resisting and the infidata was the result of Israelis oppression on us Palestinians um and just to let you know the second infidata didn't have that long it was in 2000 and a lot of people are saying it might begin again and it might happen the third one so I want to start with a quote from Hassan. Um, he is a Palestinian activist that was a, assassinated in 1972. Um, he lived in the first Intifada, and he had to tell us Palestinians to talk to our oppressors. It's like a sword on a neck. And for that, for us Palestinians, it means to tell us to just sit and talk instead of resisting the way we are resisting is telling us to give up your freedom, give up your land, and give up everything, identity, your heritage, and your culture, because you should not fight violence to free your people and be freedom fighters. Um, You see that a lot of times as Zionists argue that stop using violence when we never started it, it was always them that started it because they came in and stole land and made 7 million Palestinians refugees. Um, so recently, um, not that long ago, like two, three weeks ago, um, Gaza was bombed. Um, and Hamas, of course, bombed Israel first because it was a result of what they were doing in Aqsa, in Jerusalem, a mosque that's the second holiest mosque for every Muslim, and Hamas is a Muslim militia group. Um, so 240 or 250 Palestinians in Gaza died, and 100 of them were women and children, and many of them lost their dad, their mom, and some are even orphans, and their one family, the whole family was wiped off because of that. And um, recently, not that long ago, three days ago, four days ago, um, Gaza was bombed again by the new prime minister of Israel. And um, also a few days ago, Al-Aqsa was stormed again, and there's still displacement of Sheikh Jarrah and Silwan, a small village in the East Jerusalem. So there is still 
thousands and hundreds of Palestinians still getting displaced to this day. So saying that it happened 73 years ago does not make it right. And it's still happening till this day. Also, um, there's a lot of things that are happening like being anti-Semitic anti-Semitic equals to being anti-Zionist also. But to tell a Palestinian that being to be to be an Zionist is something you have to be when Zionists have killed and, and murdered and stole your land, stole your homes, trying to see your culture and tell them, hey, you gotta be a Zionist so you wanna be racist is racist to Palestinians because being Zionist means take away your identity and throw it in the trash because as a Palestinian, it's wrong to be a Palestinian. So it's kind of disrespectful. And there's a video by Hessen. Oh, sorry. <laughs> First, like we need to like sit, state that anti-Semitism is just the prejudice against Jews, Jews and Zionism um, or anti-Zionism is against the state of Israel itself or like as a homeland in Palestine, a homeland, developing a homeland in Palestine. So like, that's what it is basically. Also, just to let you know, being against a country for their war crimes and their crimes on a group of people is not racist, it's not any anti-Semitic, it's not Islamophobic because I'm anti-Saudi Arabia and I hate Saudi Arabia it does not make me Islamophobic because it's a Muslim country. It just being against a country does not make you against the people in that country. And why would you hate your own religion? You're Muslim. Exactly. For real. Um, um, yeah. There's a video by Sam that Emily is gonna let you guys hear about him talking about it and the treatment of Palestinians. Versus adherence. You're saying we all have to be Zionists. Otherwise, we're racist, we're bigots, we're anti-Semites. Which, look, wouldn't be the end of the world for me. Fine, I'll be a Zionist if you want me to be a Zionist. I mean, I once almost voted Lib Dem. I'm okay with labels. But to ask the Palestinians to just, not just accept their dispossession, their ethnic cleansing, their ongoing occupation, but to also call themselves Zionists or else is outrageous. You can't ask Palestinians to be Zionists. You just can't. And by the way, if they say it's racist, to oppose Zionism, well, it's racist to ask Palestinians not to oppose their own occupiers. And look, if you don't care about the Palestinians, still vote against the motion tonight because there's another group of people you'll be throwing under the bus if you vote for this motion, anti-Zionist Jews. People like Elam, like my colleague Naomi, like Noam Chomsky, like the Haredi. And in a single sweeping move, you risk throwing all these people under the bus. Jews who oppose Zionism in good faith. We haven't talked about that tonight. Not once did the proposition acknowledge versus adherence. So to me, being anti-Zionist is a against the state of Israel because you would never meet a Palestinian that has never been affected by the state of Israel. And let's not start about the hundreds of kids that died in East Jerusalem in 2021 alone. Um, and to see, not even East Jerusalem, West Bank all around. And about Muhammad al-Kurd. He is a 
Palestinian activist in Sheikh Jarrah, and he was arrested um, not that long ago, um, a month ago, for his resistance with speaking out publicly about what Israel has done to his people and what they're doing to Sheikh Jarrah. Um, he said that about a thousand Palestinians have been arrested since May because of their resistance um, and for them just trying to enter Al-Aqsa or just because, because that's what Israel does. They arrest people that are resisting the oppression. And um, two days ago, 20 Palestinians injured and at the hands of Israeli state terrorist aggression. Um, and I think there's a little confusion of people thinking that it's only the Israeli government, only the Israeli government is doing this to the Palestinian people, but not forgetting that there is thousands of illegal Israeli set settlements in the West Bank. And you cannot have a two state if the settlements are in the West Bank. And of course, a two state means Gaza and the West Bank are gonna be Palestinian territory and the rest is going to be Israeli, but forgetting the 7 million Palestinians that are out of their homes, that are not living in the state of Palestine, that are not living in their homeland, their historical homeland that Israel has stolen from them. So it's kind of hurting the 7 million, but giving the small percentage of Palestinians a home, but without of a home. Um, let me address the first reason why Israel came to be is because the Jews, the European Jews that were fleeing from the Holocaust because their homes were taken over by other um, German citizens, like in the Holocaust, they gave the Jews homes to the Germans, right? They came in, they we accepted them, and then the shift of power, there was a shift in power, and then Israel came to be. Now they're doing the same thing to us. And there can't be a two-state solution when they couldn't live beside the people who were oppressed, who oppressed them. Why do they expect, why do others expect of us the same thing? Why should we live next to our oppressors? That's what people are forgetting. There's still gonna be that hate towards each other and there's still gonna be conflict between the Israeli citizens not the government, the citizens who have been brainwashed by propaganda and also Palestinians who have seen the horrors of um, oppression and um, colonization, basically colonization of their homeland. They're not gonna just sit next to them and accept all that's happened in over the years. It's still, it's been engraved into their um, ancestors' minds and their minds as well. And it's going to be engraved to future generations as well. So there cannot be a two-state solution. It has to be a one-state solution where Palestinians are back in their homes. That's why so many Palestinians are against Zionism, against the idea of Israelis having... Basically, if Zionism succeeds, the Israelis have won. Also, let's not forget that as a Palestinian, I always get you are the reason that your people are dying. You are making your people die because of you fighting for your freedom. And it makes no sense 
because we wouldn't be fighting in the first place. We wouldn't be using violence in the first place. If Israel has not kicked us out of our homes, hasn't made thousands of families homeless, has not starved our family, has not built a wall that we can't even leave our country, hasn't made every control, everything we have to do has to be permissioned by the Israeli government. And it's disgusting. Also, the little thing that I hate the most is that you, a lot of them think that us Palestinians eventually will forget that when the older generation, the generation that went through the occupation that was actually kicked out of their homes the first time, the first, first time when they remember Palestine being the whole land of Palestine, they think that us Palestinians, the new generation will forget about it. But one thing they do not understand that is put in our minds since we're young to always resist the oppression that us Palestinians go through and always have a mind that one day we will go back to that land. I'm raised like that. Iman was raised like that. We are raised that one day you will be home. My grandma left the her home with her stuff, thinking that she'll be back. And what sucks is that many, many, many Palestinians believe that still do I still do and we still believe that one day we will be back and I will 100% will never stop fighting for my country but to think that Palestinians are putting their kids in harm ways on purpose is full of shit because when you see your mom and dad getting beaten arrested and see your brothers seeing your neighbors and then seeing the, your neighbor's home getting bombed or your home being bombed or seeing the IDF arrest you at the age of seven then of course you're going to grow up from a young age knowing that you have to fight to for your freedom so to say that we are the ones that are making our children like that not knowing that you made us be like this and you are the the reason we are fighting so hard is disgusting because you are making the whole world think that it's our fault. Our kids are raised to be terrorists. Our kids, we are putting our kids out there to fight when not knowing that you from you arresting me at the age of seven or arresting my father or mother or beating up my neighbor right next to me as a young age made me to be a freedom fighter. Also for like setting the topic of sending children, like training children at a young age to fight. It's, it wasn't really like, it's not even our fault. Who's forcing us to go to that extreme of a measure? The people who are oppressing us. So it's not our fault. It's the people who choose to oppress us over a piece of land, over I don't even know. I don't even know what they're uh, is really trying to do, to be honest. I mean, I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to like kill us off, but like, why? What would they gain from doing that? Like, I think that's the point of colonization and imperialism. Uh. And I think for active solutions for people that live in America or people live in Western societies, people live in different countries, anywhere out of Palestine, I think a good way for you guys to 
help Palestinian is protest and an easy way to protest is literally Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, educate people, um, educate yourselves without silencing Palestinians, please. Yeah. People that are pro-Palestinians love to silence us Palestinians without knowing what we actually want when we actually want is just to be home, just to go back home. And, um, you can do those stuff. Also, you can boycott. And Iman knows more about BDS than I do. But also, just a little reminder, people like boycotting doesn't do shit. Um, us Palestinians and people that are not even Palestinians, people that are pro-Palestine and against Zionism and anti-Zionist, they literally made Zara lose $5 billion for boycotting Zara. So, and Pillsbury, it's like cheaper now and it's like packed. Nobody's buying it from any stores. Like when I went to Target yesterday, no one even touched it. It's like, packed. yeah. And honestly, you play a big part on supporting Palestine. Also, for the BDS movement, it's actually pretty simple to like join in on it because all you really have to do is boycott. And if you're like a company or like a comp, like make sure you're not like investing in other companies. Like if you have like a small business or something, like you get your supplies, make sure those are supplies that don't support Israel. I mean, I know it's like really hard sometimes. Oh, BDS stands for the like, it's an acronym. It's like boycott, divest and sanctions movement. And boycotting, basically boycotting any company that does business with Israel's um, divesting. Like if you made investments to Israel, like, or like companies that are based in Israel, like I think Sabra, I don't think they're based in Israel, but I think they have like a warehouse there or something or like companies that like have like warehouses in Israel like do not invest in those companies like divest just stop investing into those companies and then the sanctions like join in on our like campaigns like the sanctions campaigns to encourage um boycotting and divesting um to encourage local government uh and federal government to like boycott boycott Israel basically not do business and not have friendly ties with Israel and you can also you can learn more I'm not an expert on the BDS movement I just done like some research on it on school projects and stuff but there's they actually just have a website BDS movement um, BDS movement.net literally BDS movement.net that's it and you can just go there and like search the companies, some companies that they actually boycott. I know HP is one of them. Um, uh, HP, Pillsbury, like um, Donia said, Sabra, Ahava, a cosmetics company, I think. Their their main store is an illegal, illegal Israeli settlement. It gives information like that. SodaStream is one of them. Puma, HP, like I said. AXA, AXAA, AXAA, I'm not sure. The website, bdsmovement.com. Yeah. And it has a list of stuff, what, you know, what supports um, Israel and what doesn't support Israel and what you can buy from, like, other stores. 
And just a little reminder that um, to all the hate we get for talking about this and everything, just to let you know that I know there's a lot of people who be like, my kids, um, I don't want them to care about this. I don't want them to do this. I want you to know, imagine if your kids were Palestinian children. Imagine that, sweetie. Imagine that because Israel tra- targets little kids. Target kids that are 14, 13, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. So imagine that was your child. Imagine even if even kid. if they don't kill them directly, imagine there are all yeah. of your kids just like that. Just one There day, are cases of Gaza children because they've lost like literally everyone they are like orphans killing themselves because they literally have nobody and Gaza is still on a land like a blockade land sea and air blockade so nothing can get in nothing can get out and it's literally it's kind of impossible to donate to Gaza like there are some ways but they literally stop donations too they literally try to do everything to stop because stop them because they want that's like their first target. Gaza is the first like land that they like want to get rid of the people they want the Gazans they want to get rid of them. So basically it's like a prison. They literally can't see anyone. It's really hard to get into if you're Palest- a Gazan Palestinian or like supporter of Palestine or anything like that. It's very hard to get into and it's very hard to get um it's not well it is kind of hard to like get information from there too. It's like, not hard to actually enter Gaza if you're not Palestinian. It's yeah, like, if you're not Palestinian. You could enter Gaza and you can see, because I know my professor went to Gaza and she said the treatment of people in Gaza is horrible. And let's not forget, let's not forget that um, people in Gaza do not want sympathy. They do not want you to be like, oh, that's so sad. No, um, not even people in the West Bank, not even like I had so many people message me I'm so sorry what's happening in Palestine one thing I do not want I don't want that sympathy shit I don't want any of that because you're sorry is not going to do anything it's not going to stop my pain that I have it's not going to stop what's happening in Palestine but what you can do instead of saying I'm sorry even bigger than I'm sorry of what's happening to your people is post talk about it don't stop because it's not trending don't boycott things that are killing children and also they're not killing maybe they're not physically killing children no they are maybe they're not physically killing children but they're mentally hurting kids there's a study that no one knows what's happening to palestinian children or the ptsd they get afterwards because there's no afterwards effect because it's an ongoing thing that no one knows what's happening so you can support but literally by boycotting protesting and protesting can be on instagram facebook speaking up for palestinians and defending palestinians i don't want no one i'm sorry you know i feel bad for you you know even though you are going through an ethnic cleansing i'm sorry but you have that through your your butt and stop saying i'm sorry because the same people that apologize to me are the same people that don't post about it don't talk about it and anything because it's not that hard to get educated about it honestly honestly it's you don't even honestly at this point just to post about it you don't even have to be educated you can be a dumb bitch a bridge bridge (laughs) and you can literally just press 
that thing on Instagram. Is it like the, it's like an airplane, I think. Yeah. And just put a post on your story and that's it. That's literally all you have to do. Like you literally don't even need to educate yourself. You literally can just post it and you, other people's, other people on your like, that's following you basically. Especially, or Especially if you got a Palestinian friend and you have the audacity to, the audacity, the capacity, bro, to tell me that I'm sorry what's happening. I need to get more educated about it. Sweetie, what are you going to get educated about it? They kill kids. Who bombs a 80 floor building because there's one person in there? I'm sorry. Is every part of the building has Hamas or is it just Palestinian? You just see Palestinian like Hamas. How do you know that? Oh, Hamas? Yeah. How do you know that? And Hamas? also, Hamas one other th- <laughs> You're not military. How do you know? Also, Hamas is in there. Uh, also, another thing uh, I would like to. Sorry, I'm just trying to um, recuperate from Dunya's. <laughs> wait, also, you wait, oh my, $3.8 billion. Oh my God. You can't wait for that one person to get out of the house. You gotta buy, buy him, bomb the 80 floor building. Makes no sense. You get so much money from the strongest military. You are literally one of the strongest military. You they don't even need the money. They, exactly. If, if the U.S. No. stopped giving them money, they can still go on to oppress Palestinians because they have knowledge. They have the education. They have in there, sweetie. You can't wait for that one person to get out to freaking shoot him. You got to bomb the whole building. But no, it's okay to make um a thousand people from that building be homeless it's okay just to kill one person why didn't that one person was even in there don't they kill all of them they don't care they literally kill. okay hold up there's this other thing i would like to mention about like anti-semitism like going back to anti-semitism and stuff um people are like anti-zionism sorry my brain is flustered so they're like on anti-zionist like anti-zionist like me and dunya um there are jew jewish um anti-zionists like dunya said and they do not they agree that anti-zionism obviously is not the same thing as anti-semitism and they the reason i i think the reason that they um are against zionism and israeli oppression is because they know what it's like because their ancestors have gone through the same thing, ethnic ethnic cleansing and um, discrimination, basically. And there's this really good video that Norman, I really cannot, I'm sorry, a Jewish professor, Norman, calling his name, I'm so sorry, Zionist um, girl for basically I cannot explain it. I'm sorry. I'm just going to play the video. So it looks like we're going to be wrapping up the podcast here really quickly. Yeah, sorry. Okay. So you might want to just say goodbye quickly and then go from there. Okay. Uh, okay, so I'll play the yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have one more thing to say before we go. 
Um, just to let you know that because majority of people they arrest are children, uh, 40% of Palestinian children um, that are detained by Israel and are sexually assault, abused and verbally, verbally or virtually or whatever that's called, um, are tortured in Israeli custodies. Um, and that came from a, a magazine, not a magazine. What am I saying? I can't speak English today. Um, from Al Jazeera. Al Jazeera. And um, it's called Ramallah Occupied Palestinians. A dirty mattress fills up a space barely too long and one meter wide. A suffocating stairs that toilet hovers over the windowless room and a light turned on. 24-7 means sleep is distant dream. This is infamous cell of 36 in prison in Gaza. So what is saying that 36 little kids are in prison in one room with barely any sunlight and it's just a small window and they have light on 24-7 so they don't sleep and 40% of them are sexually abused by the Israeli government. So next time, next time you think about your children, think about them. Okay, now I'll share the video. Sorry, that transition was really bad. <laughs> My bad. Oh, wait, is the audio sharing? No, I don't hear it. And that's okay. We can work around that. Just hold on, everybody. We're going to figure this out. And if not, that's okay, too. You can just explain it a little bit, Iman. Like, what, what were you looking at? Mm -hmm. You can also mention the title of the video so people can go on YouTube and watch it for themselves as well. So if you just want to say the title, Iman, we can do that and then... Once y'all click off this video, please go watch this other video too. That's really important. Wait, can you? I I shared the audio right now. Okay. Never mind. We're good. All right. Sorry. My bad. Go ahead. Hi. Um. Yeah. During your speech, you made a lot of references to Jewish people as well as certain people in your audience, not Jewish people in general, but certain people, especially in your audience, to Nazis. Now, that is extremely offensive when certain people are German, and they're also extremely offensive to people who've actually suffered under Nazi rule. I don't respect that anymore. I really don't. I don't like and I don't respect the crocodile tears to, to the crocodile here. No. Uh, and so, folks, um, allow me to finish. And allow me to hear, allow me to speak. Listen, sir. Allow me to finish. Allow me to finish. Uh, sir, sir, I don't like to play. I don't like to play before an audience the Holocaust card. But since now I feel now I feel compelled to, my late father 
was in Auschwitz. My late mother, please shut up. My late father was in Auschwitz. My late mother was in my diamond concentration camp. Every single member of my family on my father's side, on my father's side, the Jews did not take arms against the My Germans. late father was in Auschwitz concentration camp. My late mother was in Maidana concentration camp. Every single member of my family on both sides was exterminated. Both of my parents were in the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. And it's precisely and exactly because of the lessons my parents taught me and my two siblings that I will not be silent when Israel commits its crimes against the Palestinians. And I consider nothing more despicable than to use their suffering and their martyrdom to try to justify the torture, the brutalization, the dem demolition of homes that Israel daily commits against the Palestinians. So I refuse any longer to be intimidated or browbeaten by the tears. If you had any heart in you, you would be crying for the Palestinians, not for what you Okay, that was that was it. That literally made me cry the first time I watched it because it literally. Oh, I thought I thought we were going out on that. Oh, right? sorry. I thought we were. So we should have 